Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. I'm Aaron, and I'm here with Brian. Hey guys, how are you tonight? And welcome to episode 16 of the Cloudcast. We're coming to you live from our massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. This week, we're trying to scale Skype until it breaks. We are doing our first fivesome on the podcast with a bunch of the super, super smart guys from Dell. First of all, we have Joseph George. Joseph, go ahead and do a quick introduction. Yeah, sure. Great. Thanks. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm Joseph George, and I'm the uh, Director of Marketing at Dell for big, uh, big Data and Cloud Solutions. Nice. And next, we have Rob Hirschfeld. Well, my name's Rob Hirschfeld. Uh, I'm the principal, principal architect at Dell. And I've been working with our Hyperscale Cloud uh, Solutions, and I'm very excited to be here. And next we have A.D. A.D., do a quick introduction, and please tell us how to say your name properly. Hello, everybody. My name is Aurelian Dumitru, and I go by A.D. because that uh, name is almost impossible to pronounce. Uh, Believe me, it took me about 40 years to learn how to pronounce (laughs) it. And I'm a chief architect for uh, Dell Big Data Solutions at Dell. Very nice. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, guys, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Very cool. Thanks for being on, guys. So, you know, guys, before we get started, uh, Aaron and I usually do, you know, we kind of run through some checklists to make sure we, you know, we've got our format right and we haven't forgotten anything. So let me, let me run through this really quick, uh, just checklist wise. So uh, OpenStack, yep, check. Uh, Open Compute, check. Uh, Open Source and Open Platform as a Service, check. Hadoop, check. Cloud Security, check. Cloud Hardware Stack, check. Cloud Platform, uh, Cloud Platform as a Service Platform, check. Own all their own server, storage, network gear, check. Uh, building your old day, oh, building your own data centers. Check anything that you guys at Dell are doing that I've missed. Um, I mean, it feels like you guys are involved with basically everything these days. Well, you know, it's that's interesting. Uh, it's interesting you pointed out that way. I, I don't know if we've actually been through that entire list uh, recently, but uh, yeah, we're. Would you, you like know, our list? <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty pretty succinct. Actually, if you could send me a copy, that'd be great for me to have. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're changing the way we've done things. You know, uh, Dell's always talked about how, uh, you know, we're transforming ourselves into a solutions company. And, you know, we've been doing uh, that more and more over the years. Uh, but now, now we're really starting to see our customers and the market really start picking up on, on open source and hyperscale and cloud and maybe news to some people, but we've been in that, we've been in that market for some time, uh, and with quite a few groups at, at Dell. And now we're really just starting to go out and have our big, uh, coming out party here with all the things that we're doing with, with open source cloud, with OpenStack and, uh, and what we're doing in Hadoop and, you know, the, the crowbar tool, which hopefully everybody is aware of the software framework we developed, uh, we're, we just saw just the other day VM we're picked it up. So yeah, we're really excited about, about uh, how Dell is uh, coming to market and meeting the needs of our customers. It's fantastic. Very nice, Joseph. So here, let me uh, kind of ask you one other question as well. Let, let's say I'm just, you know, your typical enterprise customer, right? And I'm looking at this this checklist that we kind of went through earlier. And, and I mean, it's an awesome checklist, but how do you guide through uh, your typical customer through all of these options? Well, and that's that's a, that's a great question, and it, it the way we go about it is a little bit different. It is revolutionary. It is asking the customer what it is that they're trying to accomplish. No, <laughs> and that, it's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's groundbreaking. Uh, but really, that's that's how it works. I mean, that's for a company of our size and with a portfolio like ours. Um, sure, it's it's uh, it meets a lot of different needs for a lot of different customers. But the way that we're we're going and talking to our customers, the way we want to do business is really reach out to our customers and find out what it is they are trying to accomplish. Right? It's rarely about. I want to I want to do cloud computing, right? That's usually not what we hear. But we do hear about, well, you know, I've got resources that are being underutilized. How do I make that better? I've got teams that are working on projects and they've got, uh, you know, a process that says or 
order this equipment. It takes them this long to do it. I'd like to find a way to make that better. Or, you know, I've got all this data and I'm trying to find out where I invest my money. I'm trying to find out where we put our, uh, our emphasis as we deliver our own products to our customers. How do we solve that problem? And that's when we things like OpenStack and that's the cloud computing. And that's, that's where things like Hadoop and those sort of things start coming in. You know, Hadoop and OpenStack and cloud and all these, these great things in our portfolio, that's not, uh, you know, that's not where we start. We start with where, what our customers want to do and where they want to go. I, I would add that humility is, uh, I think, part of, a part of doing that, right? One of the things that we do is we learn a lot from our customers. The, you know, the DCS group uh, where we started, where it was you know, providing hardware to the biggest uh, largest scale data centers. You don't. You don't walk in there like you know everything. You you work with your customers and you learn from them. Uh, and that's that to me is important about cloud. Right? Cloud is about change. It's about learning. It's about collaboration. And that informs a lot of what we do. A lot of the choices we make. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting comment because I think based on the the long list that we we threw out there early on, and 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 Joseph kind of going, yeah, we we never really thought about it as being that big. To, to me, you guys are doing a lot of things. You're in a lot of spaces, but but you're not as sort of boisterous as as maybe some of the other companies are, which is. You know, like you're saying, it sort of reflects the the personality that you're trying to convey to customers, and you're you're trying to talk to them on a maybe a less hype driven driven level, which is which is probably makes you very very successful with them. So so Rob and, and I'm gonna we're gonna bounce questions off all three of you guys. But we don't want we don't want anyone to sit sort of sit there sit there idle. But anybody jump in on these? But uh, so Rob, let's let's take something like OpenStack. So you've been involved with that for quite a while. You know, personally, yeah. your group's been involved with it. You know, OpenStack's an interesting thing, right? It started single customer, single service provider in NASA. It's grown really rapidly. How do you, you know, either you personally having been heavily involved with it, or you know, the the Dell, the DCS team? How do you guys see it progressing? I mean, you guys, you you announced a, a distribution of it. You're one of the very first companies, you know, kind of very viable companies to announce a distribution. What do you guys see right. going on in that space? OpenStack is really interesting because it it filled a a niche that we'd sort of been watching the market bump around and not jump in to solve because it was the first, and there have been open source clouds before, but it was the first really open source community cloud where you know some big names lined up behind it and and I remember in the very early days it was sort of a tentative one step after another so there was a leap of faith to jump in there and do it you know for Dell and for the other the other partners who did it definitely for Rackspace and NASA it's significant because it's it's not just an open source project it's an open community project and that's that's been a part of what I see as shaping it so I think that the really interesting transformations about to happen because we've reached you know I think we've gone beyond critical mass in it and what we're seeing is an acceleration, but that acceleration is away from you know, just Rackspace or just NASA being the developers. We've really transitioned into a community ownership event, and, and I'm, I'm seeing that in the community. I'm seeing that how it happens. And the result is going to be a lot more interesting capabilities, a, a big acceleration on, on what's going on. We're going to see choices within the, the sub-projects, and we're going to see challenges uh, as, as we try and integrate all this work. Everybody's striving to get their pieces in and, and get what they think is critical in and then integrated and tested. It's all an interesting mix, but so, it's happening so fast. So it feels like the, the community part, the part driving forward, is has got more momentum than uh, anything trying to split it off or create you know, too many forks to what's going on. It, it feels like it's going in a, in a positive forward direction from your perspective. Overall, yeah. I, I think we, there are challenges and there, there are bits and pieces with that. You know, one of the things that we've done with Crowbar, and this is based soundly in our experience with, with other cloud deployments, our career experience, we felt that it was really important that people be able to use it. 
right? That we, we made that our top priority. So to me, the value in OpenStack is really uh, accelerated when you can get away from the people who are developing it and into people who are using it. Yep. Uh, and to me, that that resolves a lot of the, the issues, the splits and the forks. It's you know, if you're talking about working product, uh, it's much easier to, to deal with that than it is you know a whole bunch of hypothetical forks and benefits. Yeah, so it's sort of the developer's credo. You know, g- give me working code that that wins the day. You know, nine times out of ten. Exactly. That's um, I'm a huge agile agile fan, right? And that's right there in the manifesto. So cool. So let me yeah, ask pro- you this. I probably add one one comment there, just just to clarify. You know what we what we announced with OpenStack actually was um, was actually a solution that's made up of hardware, uh, of software and services. We want to be clear that what we didn't announce, we didn't announce a distribution of OpenStack where we'd go validate a you know a, there would be a Dell version of OpenStack. It's actually more community oriented than that. Actually, kind of uh, what Rob was getting at, where uh, we are taking as much of the open source components as we can, defining a reference architecture that, you know, where there is a level of validation from Dell, you know, applying our our Crowbar software, which we've open sourced as well, uh, taking open source, open stack software, you know, leveraging tools that are open source like Nagios and Ganglia, deploying all of those things out. Um, so really what we've what we've announced and taken to market here with OpenStack in particular, and actually our, our, our Hadoop solution as well, is something that's made up of hardware and software and services but not specifically, you know, a, a distribution of the uh, of the software itself. Very good point, Joseph. Very good point. Okay, so it's it, it's a good point because, like you said, it's very much aligned to what you're doing as well for Hadoop. It's very solution driven. It's not just a piece of anything. Correct. That, that hey, was, Rob, that let was me ask you. Our, our, one of our first lessons was that cloud is not just one thing, right? It's not just one piece of software. It's not just one component. You really have to have a whole all the pieces brought together, right? And that's you know, that was a hard lesson. <laughs> When we tried to do it the other way, so uh, I think that that's something important for people to realize when they talk about clouds. So there's a lot of pieces, a lot of moving parts. And I got—I have to say, I will be remiss if I didn't let uh, Rob make his famous cloud quote: "The cloud is uh, always ready, never finished." <laughs> Very nice. So tell me a little bit, Rob, about is there a certain kind of applications that are that you're seeing your customers running on OpenStack? Is it is it all just web applications? Tell us a little bit more about how the OpenStack is actually being used. Interesting question. You know, it, <laughs> I wish it was that simple. We're seeing customers who actually there is there is sort of the simple model from people are looking for OpenStack to provide an alternative to public cloud, right? And in some cases it's providers who want to offer their own public cloud. And we're seeing, you know, OpenStack really providing an opportunity for hybriding uh, creating a cloud there where you mix public capability, private capability, hosted capability. Um, that's not all there yet, but it's coming. You know, the same thing. I think there's a in public cloud, you'll see a lot of web applications because it's a natural fit. But it's certainly not the only thing we're seeing. We're seeing companies that have you know, just a need to to run their own their own internal applications, uh, stand up their whatever they're running in the public cloud, and they just want to get control of. It's it's not that not that cut and dry. Let's switch gears a little bit because I don't want AD to to think we're we're neglecting him. Um, you know, so the other you know the other sort of big topic that that tends to come up when we talk about cloud, it's you know some of its web applications. The other side of the discussion tends to be around big data, uh, whatever people's you know definition of big data is you guys just made a big announcement, joint announcement with Cloudera uh, solution around big data and Hadoop. Talk about what that means. I mean, you know, you'll hear some people say, 
you know, big data is huge and it's driving, you know, new, new, new ways for businesses to ask questions. And then the other side of the discussion tends to be, how is this really any different than business intelligence, data warehousing, analytics for the last, you know, five, six, seven years? You know, living, living now in the Hadoop world, AD, what's, what's different about this? Well, actually, uh, there are a couple of differences. One is the volume of data. Uh, two is the diversity, the variety of that data. And three is the speed at which that data is, is changing. And, uh, you know, I actually want to take a step back and say that uh, Dell has actually been in, in the big data space for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just happened, we, we announced the Cloudera solution, but over the last five years, Dell, as you know, has a long history providing hardware for uh, for hyperscale data centers. Uh, matter of fact, it is our hardware that runs uh, some of the largest cloud deployments in the world, uh, no, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Yahoo, just to name a few. Having the kind of expertise that it takes to deliver highly efficient and hyper-dense hardware for the cloud actually allowed us to enter the cloud application space with tested and proven solutions. And over the years, we've actually done several end-to-end solutions. You know, we've done in the cloud space, we've done joint cloud, we've done the canonical cloud, and in the big data space, we've actually done the asset data and the green plum solutions. And how we we, uh, we learned about Hadoop, about a year ago or a little over a year ago, you know, customers came to us with, uh, with something that they called Hadoop. And uh, what we did, we uh, actually did several uh, roundtables and uh, with customers, and we realized that uh, in order to have a uh, solid Hadoop solution offering, our approach actually should be to provide an end-to-end solution. In other words, something that we deliver to the customer, and the customer the customer doesn't wonder what else is missing. So we deliver everything that that they need to be in production with a with a Hadoop solution. And also, it was at, the, at these roundtables that we learned that the primary distribution for Hadoop was actually Cloudera. And uh, from from their side, actually, Cloudera uh, saw their uh, their customers buying a lot of uh, Dell hardware. So that's how we, we we came together. We we sign up this partnership, and now we're delivering a solution. So when you're talking to to your customer, it's probably pretty straightforward to have the discussions with with Yahoo or Twitter or any of the really big you know or growing kind of web properties, right? You you know that's their business, that's the core of their business. Those guys, that's what they do every day. But but when you're talking to uh, maybe your more traditional type of customers, you're talking to a, a healthcare, pharmaceutical people that are doing you know research. You're talking to government agencies, how do those conversations tend to, to start or how do they transition from maybe what was traditional business analytics to, you know, what, what's sort of falling into the more big data types of conversations, whether it's Greenplum or Hadoop or, or any of the other variations that are out there? So what happens is at some point they realize that they have too much data or they need to do deep analysis on that data. That's when they, they realize that the traditional data warehouse, the traditional you know, data mart doesn't work and uh, you need something else. And for that reason, they look at technologies like Hadoop, where you basically can scale your uh, your infrastructure and scale your uh, data repository without the penalty of a, of, a, of a license. So they look at Hadoop as a as a way to store all this data and eventually push the, only the data that they need to analyze in the data warehouse. But bottom line, they use Hadoop as a as a storage ground for all the data, and also they use Hadoop to process to do deep deep analysis of that data. And just to give you a couple examples. They do anything from just, you know, basic reporting to uh, data aggregation, uh, data 
integration and uh, even data quality. So there, there, is, there are a variety of use cases and a variety of actually problems that are being solved on Hadoop. And it's, like I said, it's not just Hadoop by itself. Sometimes we see Hadoop working in uh, collaboration with the data warehouse. Yeah, and you've got a really good video out on the web that, that sort of talks about that for a few minutes. I think we, we'll have that linked in our show notes for folks who want to go see it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. So Joseph, let me let me come back to you for a second. You guys are, are working in a bunch of different spaces. We obviously we talked about you know a lot of the things you're doing. How, how does Dell pull all these things together? Because obviously, if you're doing solution work, you know, and you're having a conversation with with a customer that starts off in big data, you know, that may be kind of the tip of the business problem. But then there's the sort of the, the cloud based infrastructure, the scalable infrastructure. Do you guys have a centralized group that's trying to to pull a lot of these things together, or do they just hit so many different places in the market that that they're all evolving and, and they're sort of running in parallel? Well, I think I think we're at a uh, you know a transition point in the industry and maybe even in a, and when vendors like Dell, where you know we have these great areas of expertise within the company. Um, you know, we have storage experts, we have networking experts, we have software experts like this team, cloud experts, and you know to go back to you know where we started with you know really trying to understand what customer needs are we start with a particular problem that they're trying to solve and you know when when the discussion starts going broader into other things we have solutions specialists and you know solutions technologists that will say you know you really should look at compellent as an option here as well because that will solve your problem you know uh, in x y and z there's a uh, you know there's some interesting things we're doing on the services side to help consult to help you map these things out so i mean you, you guys are obviously taking the right attitude and, and the right direction in this right you don't know exactly where the technology is going to go but if you're listening to your customers they're they're typically going to tell you the the directions they want you to go. Yeah, and I think and I think that's uh, important. I, I mean, I do want to say that you know, there's there's not a centralized team per se, but um, you know, if there are customers um, or you know, if our customers come to us with bigger problem uh, in terms of you know how they want to maximize total uh, benefit and efficiency and, and cost and investments, uh, you know, we do have teams like in our services organizations, our you know, you know top notch services that can consult and say you know let's take a look at your business processes, let's take a look at uh, you know how uh, how your business is run, uh, what's happening, uh, you know, in terms of the IT organization, and let's see how we can streamline. And they, and they're fully capable of bringing in all our teams there. So I think, like I said, I think it usually starts with a particular problem that the customer is trying to solve or an objective they're trying to reach. And then, uh, but often, often it spawns into you know other places that Dell can help meet their needs. Aaron, you know, we were we were talking about Dell either either last week or the week before, and we were sort of saying, you know, with all the things they've got going on, they're they're in sort of a unique position because you know in the in the initiative where they're talking about building uh, you know, their own hosting data centers. I think it's about eight or 10 worldwide data centers to, to potentially host services. They're in sort of a unique position because they don't have maybe some of the, the channel conflicts that, that some of the other major vendors have or partnerships. You know, I'm interested, to, you know, from from any of you guys, uh, what's what's your take? What are you hearing from customers in terms of how they want to buy, who they want to buy from? I mean, does things like channel conflict even ever come up or, or who they buy from? Or are they just going, look, I, as long as I'm getting the right thing you know, I'm I'm open to a lot of different options. Yeah, um, this is this is Joseph. But uh, you know, my my perspective on that, and and what we're seeing uh, from our customers, is uh, you know, trying to trying to get best in class where where possible. 
Um, you know, and and this this is a a legacy that Dell has had for some time. Um, obviously, we we try to reach reach into areas where our core comp, uh, core competencies lend to, and you know, develop technologies. You know, where like for example, Crowbar is a great example of us realizing we've got some uh, you know we've got some expertise in, in the area, and how Dell can actually develop some really innovative technologies to help solve a problem. But the other part of it is, uh, you know, we have a we have an ecosystem, uh, and we have a, a legacy of, of an ecosystem of part of great partners where we look to them to help provide some of the components of the solutions. Um, so even if you look at uh, the offerings that we were just talking about with OpenStack, there's a partnership there with Rackspace to help us deliver some of the services. There on the Hadoop side, there's a partnership with Cloudera to help deliver that. Because these are recognized leaders in their spaces. You know where Dell can help. You know is obviously part of. It. You know, in delivering some of the technologies I mentioned, like Crowbar, but also being, you know, the point person. We understand what it's like to be there in the thick, in the center of these kind of projects, uh, and bringing in partners and, and relationships that we can leverage. We haven't seen conflicts really come up that much because it's really, you know, it's really being driven by what we think is best for our customers in that in that particular uh, situation. It hasn't come up that often. Rob, I want to come <laughs> back to you uh, on on Crowbar because Crowbar is a very, very it's a very slick tool. I mean, it's a very, very well designed in terms of the methodology that it goes about, you know, not only set up, but, you know, giving you the ability to, to sort of customize the system, but give you enough, uh, you know, default capabilities to just come up and start running. Where did that come from? I mean, is that is that developed within, within your group? Do you guys have, you know, a set of sort of core developers or is that something you, you built, you know, with a customer sort of in the, in the OpenStack model? What's the, what's the, there's, there's a couple things. The first would be a, a shout out to Greg Althouse, who gets credit as a mastermind for solving some of these these hard problems in such an elegant way. And some of it, frankly, we rewrote three times. Crowbar literally went through three major re-architectures in, in the process of bringing it up as we coped with exactly those issues and trying to make, make those pieces work. You know, what... What we really, we, we sort of stumbled upon it in, in a sense in listening to customers and, and seeing what was out there in the market. It started from our frustration with wanting to be able to bring a cloud up quickly, right? But we didn't want to do that with images. We knew that wouldn't work. We tried that. So what we what we did was we looked at DevOps and we, we started embedding the DevOps pieces, Chef, Chef and Puppet. And, and really, that's that was where we made the break uh, or I guess the, the break with conventional thinking or the, or the breakthrough that made sort of became the heart of what Crowbar does, right? It, we took a DevOps approach to it because when we looked at it, we had to do the full bootstrapping process, right? There's, there's some tools that do that, but bootstrapping the equipment wasn't enough. We really felt that you had to have a system view and a bootstrapping view simultaneously. So that that's, it, you know, it, it's sort of, Came, up, came about from us starting from the very, very simple problem of I have servers and boxes. I want to build a cloud, right? <laughs> Into in four. We started with four, we're down to two. But if you want to do that and you're not going to tell people what to do in advance, you have to take a, a, an approach like we did, and then we refined from there. Yeah, and actually, it's, it's actually an interesting story. I, I love I love telling this story because it, it did initiate with how we started on the OpenStack project. Uh, as you guys probably know, you know Dell was Dell was the only hardware vendor to be a, a partner from um, from day one with OpenStack, which was good. I mean, we had some vision to see where this could go. But you know what the you know the the complex part of that is that you're dealing with very very raw code at that point. And so what what we were doing was we had it in the lab. And you know if you've any done any work in this space at all, you know the way it works is you're 
you know, you're installing this, uh, you go in, you tweak, you tweak it, you code to it, then you blow it all away, then you reinstall everything back on, you tweak it, you configure a little bit more, you add some more code, you blow it away. And so <laughs> if you don't have an automated way to do that, uh, you know, you're going to be there for months doing this sort of thing. And so it was really born out of necessity uh, where, you know, the smart guys at, at uh, like Rob and, uh, and Greg and AD um, that said, okay, look, we should find a way to automate this. And at the same time, you know, when they talked to me about it, I said, hey, listen, our customers, you know, that are interested at this this stage, they're worried about the exact same thing. And that's kind of how Crowbar was born, was there there was a need for uh, our own teams to be able to, to uh, you know, blow it away and deploy it very quickly and very efficiently and in an automated way. And then there was also a market need, you know, that was happening there and, and a community need as well. Um, you know, there was a lot of people that were making an assumption that, okay, open, say OpenStack is laid down already. Here are some of the things that we can do. And we realized that there was not a lot of people that were thinking about, you know, how do you actually get, you know, everything before OpenStack is actually on there. And so that's that's kind of where that started. And where we are right now with it is that, you know, obviously, you know, we can deploy OpenStack, you know, on a multi-node cloud here in less than two hours with Crowbar. But what it also does is it allows you to have a continuous integration environment, right? So as new variables you know, new things get popped into the system, like a new server or you know, piece a of new software that comes in. It, uh, yeah, it it recognizes it. It's it's aware of changes in the environment. You know, so it's a continuous integration environment. Right, yeah. and that's there, there. There are two points I'd add to that. One is we don't think that customers or us know what their cloud should be when we show up on site with it. This started before OpenStack, right? We've been doing cloud deployments. That, that was why I came to Dell. It's why AD's, why AD's here, right? It's why Greg's here. It's, it's what we've been doing well before OpenStack came along. So you know, the pains that Joseph laid out were ones that we had dealt with firsthand and sort of had a chance to fix when we started the OpenStack project. And, and that, that's a significant thing, right? We were doing you know, four or five cloud deployments a day. So this sort of this sort of came out of necessity just to make your life somewhat simpler. So I'm I'm going to throw this out because we we never necessarily know from an audience perspective how much people are are able to keep up with everything. So Crowbar, if you guys go look at the show notes once we post this uh, here in a couple of days, there is uh, a couple of really really good videos from Rob that walk through both how to install it as well as. Uh, you know, what the tool looks like, what the framework looks like, how do you set some things up? The other very cool thing, and I'll let you guys maybe provide some, some color around this. It just got picked up, if I'm, if I'm understanding it correctly, it just got picked up by Cloud Foundry or it's getting integrated into Cloud Foundry. I think it's, is it also part of Ubuntu? Did I read that right? Or is it just part of Cloud Foundry right now? This is really where the coolness is really kicking in now, which is that, uh, you know, the way that Crowbar is designed and, you know, we, Rob and I just spoke about OpenStack, but if you look at our, our Cloudera a Hadoop announcement as well. You'll see Crowbar mentioned there as well as a means to deploy that, okay. uh, and then and to configure that. And that's essentially what the VMware team did as well with with Cloud Foundry was they picked up the tool uh, the tool that we developed Crowbar and they developed uh, what we called a bar clamp to deploy Cloud Foundry. So if very simply, if you think of Crowbar as uh, you know a core. And as modules, the modules we refer to as bar clamps to keep that tool analogy going, you know, you basically have a bar clamp for any functionality that Crowbar does. So if you're going to do a BIOS update, there's a bar clamp for that. Um, if you want to do a RAID configuration, there's a bar clamp for that. You know, if you want to deploy OpenStack Compute Nova, you can, there's a bar clamp for that. If you're looking to deploy the Cloudera distribution, there's a bar clamp for that. 
And the fact that we've open sourced it means that now our customers and the community can develop their own bar clamps. And that is essentially what, what VMware did. They took the bits, they're using Ops Code Chef, they wrote recipes, and now using that core framework that, that Crowbar provides, they're now able to deploy Cloud Foundry with uh, you know with a, a cloud foundry bar clamp you know when we announced openstack we actually had a customer with us that day at the day of the announcement named uh, dreamhost and dreamhost uh, is working on a, te- a storage technology called ceph c-e-p-h and what they're doing is developing a bar clamp for ceph so you can see where we're going with this now is that you know obviously we built it for uh, you know some specific solutions that we're delivering but what we're seeing is very cool in that the community is starting to pick it up and see use cases that are maybe we might have envisioned as part of what our planning was, but we're allowing the community to start dreaming about what can I do with this tool, and that's what the that's the coolness here, and that's what VMware ends up doing uh, has ended up doing with Cloud Foundry is that they're they're now deploying it. DreamHost is now looking, you know, they're writing their own bar clamp, and I'll just say to your listeners here, we welcome you to to go to the you know the the GitHub site from uh, at uh, Dell Cloud Edge, download the bits. And uh, start developing some bar clamps. I think uh, the possibilities are endless. And, and the reason I, I brought up the, the Cloud Foundry sort of tie-in, well, one, because it's topical because it, it happened this week. But uh, for anybody uh, listening, we're having the guys from Cloud Foundry on next week. So we'll uh, we'll talk to like Dave and, and some of the other guys to kind of get where, where their take is of where this ties in. So, so stay tuned for that. But that's So that's very, very cool. I mean, you guys are, are taking a, a very get-it-done, solution-level view of this thing. You know, I, I feel like the, the show... Has has, tonight has gone very sort of open stack and, and cloud and so forth, and we haven't really delved into the, the big data piece of this thing too much. Uh, we may have to we may have to ask to have uh, AD come back and uh, and give us a deep dive on on that at some point in time. You know, the other thing, guys, and I, I hope you don't feel like we, we shortchanged it. We you know we try and be really conscious on the show about not turning these things into commercials. I mean, obviously sure. we've been talking about the cool things you guys are doing. We 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 mostly try and help educate people about things that are new. You know, I know like for Aaron and I, half the time on these shows. It's, it's sort of light bulb moments of like, oh, okay, cool. That that's how that works. That's how that piece goes together. So I hope you don't feel like we we shortchanged you talking about uh, V Start or you know the Force Ten acquisition or any of the other you know cool things that Dell's doing. But you know I think you guys are, are highlighting a lot of the things that you're doing that are very very cool. And, and like you said, it's it's not something that's been an overnight thing. It's been something you've been you've been building towards for a while. Um, Brian and Aaron, and we really do appreciate being on your show. I I think uh, and hopefully we've conveyed this here. Obviously there you know there are commercial interests that Dell has. Sure. Uh, and we are a business, but but what the beautiful thing here is, I think that we're that Dell, uh, you know, especially in OpenStack and and what we're doing in Hadoop and contributing to open source, we're participating in the community, and and that's that's what's really cool about this is that uh, you know we're not just taking technologies and applying them, we're actually looking for places where we can we can help, where we can develop, uh, where we can collaborate with partners, with customers, with the community, and I know the team, and I speak for the team here that that is that is one of the big cool factors. That uh, that's got us excited about what we're doing. So, Aaron, I think this is about the third show in a row we've had where uh, where our guests are asking us to go off and, and find folks to help them uh, develop code for for some of the cool things they're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had uh, we had we had Isaac yep. Roth on a couple of weeks ago talking about OpenShift, what Red Hat's doing, and uh, he was kind of the same way. He's like, we would love to have people, you know, kind of evangelize the, the PaaS platform they're driving, and um, so it's, what you guys are doing is very cool. So, congratulations, yeah. you know, uh, kudos to you all, all of you guys and, and your team on that. Great, and I did hear, I did listen to Peter Udlander's. Uh, 
podcast from last week as well. So uh, I know he's probably talking about a lot of the same things. Yeah. So yeah, same same sort of idea, right? It's it's you know you're going to get more done with the community and, and and the business builds around that. So Aaron, any uh, any last thoughts or just sort of light bulb moments for the last uh, 35 minutes or so? Well, I, I think for me the biggest thing is you know I, I do really feel like to kind of compliment you guys uh, that the light bulb moment is the the checklist at the beginning of how much you guys really have have accomplished and all of the different areas you are in and it's not just it, the hey we're in it to like do an announcement and a press release and and but you guys seem very active in all of these areas and uh, I was you know quite frankly a little surprised by it and so I just have to say congratulations congratulations to you guys I really think you're you're putting together a nice model here um, and that's very nice to see I, right and, and I think Rob nailed it early on it's sort of very complete but very humble you know go out be good at what you do and help people do solve business problems that's that's very cool. Yeah, great. Then thanks for the compliment, guys. And 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 we are we are working hard to to try and learn from our customers. And uh, I think I think it'll take us all good places. The entire community will will go the good you know good places as a result. Very nice. Listen, um, Aaron, before you take us out of here, uh, Joseph and, and Rob and, and Ad, um, you know, if people want to follow the stuff you guys do on the internet or where you're going to be at some of the conferences coming up, where can they find you? Either you know on the internet or on the on Twitter or uh, blogs and so forth. Yeah, I think uh, all three of us, all three of us are avid bloggers as well as regular tweeters. So um, I, I think we maybe would, all three of us should just go through ours. So this is Joseph, and uh, if you want to you know, read up on my blogs, which are a little bit more um, you know business and customer oriented uh it's the jb george tech blog which is a uh, jbgeorge.net and you can follow me on twitter at uh, at jb george and uh, my blog is uh, rational intelligence if you guys want to learn the story behind that name i can tell you about some other time and uh, it's <laughs> well it goes back to machines are rational and humans are intelligent you know how do you bring them together uh-huh. that's the uh, so and uh I'm actually blogging on a very deep technical stuff, not so much on the market, although once in a while I run into, you know, problems with, uh, you know, technology, I mean, business and, and technology, you know, marketing, but otherwise it's, it's very technical. Sometimes it's very dry too, but I guess we'll leave that to the, to the readers. Yeah, no, and uh, my uh, Twitter ID is ad at Dell. Very creative, I have to say. So, <laughs> easy. so it's easy to find. So feel free to drop me a line. Thank you. I'm Zehicle, Z-E-H-I-C-L-E, Vehicle, but with a Z, online, on Twitter. Actually, and my web will answer to that too, or robhirschfeld.com. I talk about just about everything, although I, I try and keep it light. So not just, not just OpenStack and Crowbar, but also Agile. I think it, the process by which we develop the code is just as important as the code in a lot of cases. So you'll hear me go on about things like that as well, hopefully with some humor. Well, if you talk yep. to the Cloud Foundry guys next week, uh, Dave McCrory is uh, from our stomping ground as well. I assume you guys yes. will be at uh, Dell World and OpenStack Conference and Hadoop World uh, in the fall? Yes, you uh, should yes. expect yeah. to see us yep. there, yes. When, when you talk to Dave, ask him about um, inventing the cloud. <laughs> yes. Inventing the cloud. <laughs> Is Dave, is Dave the father of the cloud? Dave, Dave and I have some very old patents. It's worth asking about. All right, we'll, we'll bring that up again. We will do that. Absolutely. Very, well, very cool. Aaron, you want to take us home? Yes, absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or reach us at thecloudcast.net where you'll find links to the show and show notes. You can leave us a comment or send us an email and details on how to stream us on Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.